This episode of Priority One is brought to you by Sayulita.com. Planning your vacation excursion for 2013? Well, discover Sayulita, Mexico. Sayulita, Mexico is the closest thing to Planet Risa. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. And happy new year! You're listening happy to Happy episode- New Year! Happy New Year! Woo! 2013! Woo! Happy sorry, New I'm Year! Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, oh, okay. I'm a year older. <laughs> You're listening to episode 110 of Priority One, recorded on Thursday, January 10th, 2013, via trekradio.net and published the following Monday morning for download on PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Adrian. I'm Elijah. And I'm Ceridium. Hello, Sorry. Thank hey, you for joining Suri. us. Hey, That's right. James is on vacation for the month of January, so we hope you rest up, man, have some good R&R. And today's guest yeah. host is Sorry. Thank you for joining us this, uh, this episode, our first episode of the new year, Sorry. I'm excited. I'm excited. This is wonderful. Thank you for joining me uh, two weeks ago in the holiday special, man. A lot of people had fun there. We got some good uh, reviews and feedback on it, so it's really exciting. It was a lot of fun. And how were your holidays, Adrienne? Hmm? Anything, you know, special happen? Hmm? Hmm? No, no. I just, you know, I spent a really boring holiday with boring... No, I'm joking. It was it was great. I, I had a great time. I got to see friends and family and uh, see my friend's new baby. And then I went to Disneyland, which I haven't done in a long time. That was really cool. Catching it just right at the end of their Christmas holiday, New Year's explosion and then surprise i got engaged <laughs> jesse proposed whoa surprise awesome. congratulations congratulations how do you do it how do you do it i want to know i want to know how do you do, do it? it well man it was like james bond he flew in on a plane and then he parachuted down he was like bam and there's like fireworks and then like tinkerbell exploded and i was like whoa how'd you afford that and he's like i didn't she just likes me and she did me a favor and i'm like whoa so yeah it was like that but no Actually, what happened was he went sneaky behind my back with a couple of our friends, and he picked up a couple little um, stuffed animals of the... It was the Lady and the Tramp. They have magnetic noses that touch, and in between the noses where they touch, he put this little plastic ring... Well, sorry, it was a little metal ring that has Jack Skeleton's face on it and some little fake diamonds. He, He actually wanted a ring pop, but Disneyland doesn't sell ring pops. So that's all he could find. And it was really cute. And he put it between their noses, suspended. And then he got down on a knee on uh, the castle bridge and then proposed and said, you know, will you marry me? And I'm like, absolutely. You are totally adorable. And yes. So, yeah, it was super cute. <laughs> in, that's awesome. Good Congratulations. Old, congrats. And in good old Picardian, engage. Mm-hmm. Now it's engage. time to make it so. All right. Well, you know, we got an awesome show. It's brand spanking new because of the new year. This is like a shiny episode of 110. So, what do we have this week, Elijah? All right, Captains. We've renamed the segment Blank of the Week to Trek It Out. Yes, we know. We have another podcast on the Priority One Network of the same name. 
but we thought it made sense to incorporate a bite-sized version of it during our weekly Priority One podcast. The content will remain the same. Anything we believe would be of interest to you, from the latest scientific discoveries to news in the science fiction realm, including, of course, Star Trek. We kick off the new year with a special edition of Trek It Out that includes a subspace communication with Star Trek Voyager's Tim Russ. So be sure to Trek It Out with Priority One. In Stone News, we'll recap the holiday festivities. The first episode of the new year, we also reintroduce the segment Field Notes, where Priority One's Advanced Technologies Division will take your captain to the next level. Skills, ships, ground, combat tactics, weapons, you name it, we'll cover it. And of course, we open up hailing frequencies and review your incoming messages. Captains, you can always participate with us during our live recording on Trek Radio every Thursday at 5.30 Pacific. Feel free to interact with us using Trek Radio's built-in IRC chat channel. Just visit trekradio.net and look under the community section. Do you like to write? Is there a topic you'd like to explore with an active audience? And they are quite active. <laughs> well, we're always looking for blog submissions from gaming and sci-fi aficionados. If you have an idea for an article and want your voice heard, then send your submission to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. All the submissions we receive for our show will be entered into this month's random drawing for 1000 Zen. This includes comments on our website and emailed segment topics. Speaking of submissions, at the end of this episode, we'll announce the winner of December's 1000 Zen giveaway. Yeah. Ooh, the giveaways don't stop. We had a holiday giveaway two weeks ago, and now we continue to give out Zen. We're just stop. giving away things here at Priority One. Just well, don't stop. let's set course for this episode's Trek It Out. Let's Trek It Out. Joining me today is actor, director, musician, author, Tim Russ. You might also remember him in his role as Tuvok in Star Trek Voyager. The conversation was conducted via telephone, so please pardon the low audio quality. Let's go ahead and jump right in. Thank you so very much for joining us here at Trek It Out. We'll go ahead and jump right in. Many of our listeners are, in fact, Star Trek fans, so I'll start with, uh, with one Trek-related question. We know that you directed the very successful Star Trek of Gods and Men, and uh, now we're eagerly anticipating Star Trek Renegades. Thus far, what's different about this production when compared to Gods and Men, uh, in, for instance, in terms of scale, budget, and, uh, and other hurdles? Well, the, uh, the budget should be greater than it was for Gods and Men, number one. The story is very different than, the, than uh, Gods and Men also. Um, this story takes place 11 years beyond Voyager's return home, so there's a different time frame for the story. Of course, the story itself is different. And I think the look and feel of it, of the feature is going to be a little different than uh, Gods and Men as well. Oh, wonderful! Wonderful. And now you guys did open this up on Kickstarter, right? Did you? Uh, yeah, did you did. find that this was uh, that using Kickstarter was a great tool? Yeah, it worked out quite well, actually. Kickstarter was very successful, but I think it's primarily because you've got such a, a large fan base for this for the, for Star Trek. So I think that had a lot to do with getting people to to, to sign up for it. Very nice. That's exciting. That's very exciting to hear. Now, how long have you been a musician? And did you study music? Were you self-taught? Um, I've been in music for probably 30 years. I took lessons when I began, yeah. And then eventually um, I just started playing on my own and uh, bands and things like this and picking it up along the way as, as I went along. So, but, but I've been doing it for a very long time. And other than vocals, what do you play? Well, I do. I play guitar, lead guitar, rhythm guitar, bass guitar on occasion. So 
all three of those. Nice. And yeah, it's you know it's it's been a I've always loved it. It's just I, you know I didn't want to give it up during the process, you know. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm, yeah, I'm actually a musician myself, and, and it's, it's a very moving craft. And, and your latest album, Then and Now, can, it does contain some amazing music. I, you know, I had the opportunity of listening to it. Uh, can you talk about its creative process? You know, what were you trying to communicate with the album and its release? Well, initially, this is a follow-up to a, a collection I did earlier, so Second Thoughts. It's, a, it's basically a collection. I've added some more songs and new songs to it. And some of the stuff on there, is a, there's a few that are original that they go back a ways, and there's maybe uh, a few other tracks that I've added that are covers, but they're more obscure. I, what I wanted to do was was try to get a mix of that are more, I want to say, old school roots related, roots music related, you know. Uh, I want to say blues pop, blues rock in that style, in that vein, so that you know people if they hear it, you know, it's not something you have to really work hard to understand. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. right. Uh, they get it. You get it. Pretty straight off. Yeah. There's maybe only a couple of tunes in there that are a little bit different than that vein, but basically that's the idea. So I wanted it to sort of target that that audience in terms of the style of music. For example, you know, it's, it's not edgy alternative, it's not rap. Right. So that leaves with basically a, I want to say a classic rock roots base right, yeah. um, of music. And then uh, and I've done a couple of variations on it, but basically that's where we are. And several of the tunes on there are blues tunes and some of them are pop tunes, but they're essentially a mix of things. You know, a little Cajun blues, a little traditional blues. We got, a, you know, some pop rock in there, but, but along the, like I said, only the classic sort of feel. And songs that are not so uh, well-known, generally. Right. You know, B-sides and covers and even some soundtrack tunes might be on there as well. <laughs> now, where do you find your most inspiration in terms of music? Any particular musicians? You know, I've been inspired by a lot of them. I mean, I grew up, like I said, grew up during the classic rock era. So all those bands, the super groups, and then some of the uh, one-hit wonders here and there. But there's a there's a the style of music came from that era, mm -hmm. and then from that point forward, perhaps you know uh, Hornsby is, a, is, a, is an influence of mine. Uh, okay. uh, Peter Gabriel's an influence of mine. So then there's a few others, but basically, uh, and, and when I started out, Santana was uh, one of my influences, and also uh, Hendrix, of course. But generally, I'd say closer to to uh, right now, uh, Hornsby and Gabriel are the two that, that I really like a lot in terms of the style. They're very different songs and very different uh, types of music, but I like his vocal quality, and I also like Hornsby's grooves, you know, he's got some great grooves, very funky, but yet sort of, I don't even know how you like, I want to say sort of funky folk, if you will, right. kind of thing, and I, I dig that, I really like that. Nice, nice, it's really, that's excellent. Now, of the various crafts of the performing arts, you know, they can inspire the artist in many different ways. How does stage differ from film for you, or, or what does music offer that the other avenues do not? Well, as far as performing, whether it's theater or whether it's playing music, the, the actual performance is always going to be a lot more interesting, exciting live, whether you're acting on stage or playing music on stage. The TV and the film is an entirely different medium. You're performing in a box, basically. You know, uh, you're performing for a camera, and it's a very different kind of work. And sometimes, if you're lucky, you get a chance to spread your wings a little bit and stretch out on film and television to do some things you can, but that kind of process is about doing it over and over again until you get what you like. Right. And, uh, and and you have limitations on where you can go and how you can move and this kind of thing, and who you play to in some cases. But live stage with a band, and that's a whole different ballgame. You know, as a musician, it's the same thing. It's when you have an audience that's with you. You know, you have them. They're listening. And you have a, a good set going, and, the, and everybody's in the pocket, you know. You can't miss that, man. And then, and then, you know, when something happens with a song that, you know, was not planned, 
and it works out real cool, then, you know, it's even better. You get a groove or a feel that, you know, has not been rehearsed or played before. We just got into it, and we like it, you know, and all of a sudden, the whole tune changes. So there's that kind of thing. Uh, boy, it's, it's exciting, you know, when everybody's on the same beat, on the downbeat, on the break, on the kick, uh, on the accent. Man, it's, you can't beat that. You right. can't beat that. It's, it's amazing. Do you like to improv a lot at your shows? As far as the music show, uh, to some degree, I mean, I'll, you know, I have a basic outline for a set, right. but it depends on the, a lot of times it might depend on the venue, it depends on the crowd, how the room feels and things like that. I might change up that set a little bit. Uh, time limitations may come in. So I will, you know, vary what I play depending upon the location and place. But I have an, I work from an outline. I have a basic outline of tunes that I'll do. But I'll mod, you know, and I'll modify them based on the, on the, on the type of gig it is, you know. Uh, if it's an older crowd, I might change it up. If it's a younger crowd, I might change it up a little bit just to get through a different way to film. Nice, nice. I, I definitely, I, you're a West Coast. Unfortunately, I never had the opportunity of catching one of your shows, but uh, I'm certainly looking forward to it at some point. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, fabulous, man. There's, there's some footage of us playing online. Okay. Uh, at City Walk, University City Walk. I, you know, that's not. Uh, it's not, not the same. <laughs> not the same. I mean, yeah, it's not, you know, the sound's not going to be what you. Just people shot, you know, the footage and then they posted it and it's still right. on there. So, right, right. I mean, uh, visually it looks great. I and mean, the yeah. sound is, is crap, but it looks great. You know, so, uh, <laughs> nothing you can do about that. I haven't really done a full on, you know, music video piece and or, you know, really good live recording of video and audio just yet. Uh, one of these days I will. It depends on the right venue. Right. I would like to do it and run everything, you know, like it's supposed to be run, record everything like it's supposed to be recorded. So I get a good clean sound and, you know, some decent pictures on it. So I haven't done that just yet. One of these days I will. Oh, yeah, we're looking forward to that. Now, tell us a little bit about uh, your children's book, Bugsters. What inspired you to write the book? Well, my mom, my daughter's mother at the time was wanted to do the story. She had the characters and ideas in mind. So I just helped her finish it and get it done. And to put the, the we put an audio CD out first. Mm-hmm. which is like a radio play. Right. Two short stories. We put some, some voiceover characters in there. We put some sound effects. We put music on there. I wrote the music for it. And we put that together, two 11-minute stories, and they were done as an audio book first. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they were picked up by a small publisher on the East Coast to do as a book-audio book combination. And I got a couple of artists to do the drawings and all that kind of stuff. And we finally put it together uh, as a book and audio book combo, and that's what we've been selling thus far. Not... A tremendous number of copies of people have been interested. We got a deal with Fisher Price for a while to download the songs mm-hmm. that we did for the Bugsters, Tunes, and Tales CD. And uh, the songs did very well as downloads for their MP3 player nice. uh, a couple of years back. So it was very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Now we'll have to wrap up with another Star Trek related question. Uh, yeah. You'll probably get this one a lot. We've heard that uh, you were a bit of a jokester on the set of Voyager. Can you tell us one of your favorite behind the scenes moments? My favorite behind-the-scenes moment. Yeah. Um, I think that there was one that I did that that had to do with uh, well, a couple of them have actually been broadcast okay. uh, on on you know national television several times. I think which was when when uh, I was on the bridge and, and and behind my station and got shot by a phaser, and then I took about five minutes to die. <laughs> so it was a very long, drawn-out death scene of bouncing around and bumping around and spinning around and all that good stuff and finally hitting the floor. We did another one where I had to come out onto the bridge in the storyline. It's a dream sequence and he comes onto the bridge and he's supposed to be, you know, uh, naked and, and uh, all of his crewmates are standing there watching as he comes on the bridge and they're sort of 
embarrassed and, and it's an awkward moment and, and all this kind of thing. And, and so when we shot it, I kind of, you know, when I was off camera and it was on the rest of the cast, basically, it was on the bridge watching. So it was all, the camera shot was on them and I had to stand next to the camera so that they'd have an eye line to look at and, uh, and, and react to. And, and I just, at the time, I uh, just had a robe and some shorts on and I had the, the people in wardrobe create something for me. Uh, let's say male enhancements would be the word. <laughs> uh, just when they looked at me in the director's of action, I opened up my robe and they were just, uh, <laughs> they were doing their best to keep from cracking up. Um, and, uh, they lasted for about five, six seconds actually. Uh, but they weren't expecting that. So it was a genuinely surprised look, which is what he wanted, the director wanted. Right, right, right. Uh, and that was all good. So it, there's, there's that one. That, that one never made it to, you know, anybody's television blooper reel, but, uh, the other one did actually. Uh, I think there was one I was walking one of the, the young alien kids to a cave at the very end of the story because she's going to go into this cave and she's going to die basically is what she's going to do supposed to walk to the walk her to the cave and inside the cave and i very last minute i let her go and i took off running like a scared rabbit so (laughs) the director actually went for that i didn't think he would but i just did it for a gag and that ended up on the blooper reel i think as well so there's, there's a couple that you know throughout that two years you know it was it was uh it was tempting to do a few of them you know over that time. Now, do you enjoy reprising the role every once in a while on these projects like Star Trek Renegades and of Gods and Men? Well, it depends. It's easier if I'm not having to direct at the same time. I don't like doing it when I have to direct because it's distracting. I can't. It's very difficult to focus on both of those things at the same time. Uh Very difficult to do it. You always find yourself trying to be behind the camera and then you have to step in front of the camera with the perspective that's completely different. So it's hard to keep track of all that. Um, it's very, so you have to really compartmentalize when you're doing that and, sh- and shift gears, uh, to, to stay focused on what you're doing. But yeah, otherwise, so far that's been most of the only time I've done it is when it's been because of directing one of these projects. Right. Well, we, we most certainly enjoy them. Um, yeah. now, well, this is the, uh, the moment of the interview where we allow our guests to, uh, to promote themselves. What other projects are you currently involved with? Uh, anything you'd like to, uh, have our audience members look into? Well, I just got through directing a web series called Bloomers, B-L-O-O-M-E-R-S. Uh, Bloomers, and it's on the website, bloomersetheseries.com. And again, that's bloomersetheseries.com. And that's the second season. We just finished shooting the second season, which is about 14 episodes. They will not be done probably for a few months, but right now, there's the first six episodes are running online. And I co-directed it with another director, um, Henrik is his name, and he did about three of them. I did about three of them. And we won some awards on that series thus far, about three awards. Uh, we won an LA Web Fest, we won a Kelly Award, and a, an Indie Soap Award for that. So, uh, Congrats. So it's all been good. It's a drama, like sort of a Friends-type dramedy. There's some comedy stuff, some drama stuff, and there are about seven or six or seven, eight people in their lives, and the character relationships takes place here in LA. It's pretty cool. It looks great, and there's very, very talented people on it. So, again, that's www.bloomersetheseries.com. Still playing gigs. Uh, my website is uh, timrusswebpage.com. You just, just Google my name, and it's going to come up. The first thing comes up. And I have all my convention dates coming up, as well as uh, gig dates at clubs here in town. Got to go out of town for at least two or three conventions next year. I think one is in Dusseldorf. One is down in Houston. So I've got at least a couple, three shows already booking in. So that's all on my site. Find music, like I said, again. And looking to talking to some people about, obviously, the Renegades coming up in the spring. Probably won't be shooting that until... I think early summer, like in May or June of next year. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye out for that and, and keep an eye on, the, on your website for those dates, and that's uh, boomers.com? Bloomers the series. 
bloomersdeseries.com. That's bloomersdeseries.com. Uh, and also, I support an organization called Spark, S-P-A-R-C, okay. uh, which is uh, Rock the Holidays. That's uh, on um, a Kickstarter right now, okay. and it's a kids' theater group. And uh, I, I help them, I help them out with their projects and programs a lot. So if you can, if people can who are listening can get a chance to go there and perhaps donate to that Kickstarter project, that would be great. That's Spark, S-P-A-R-C, and that's uh, Rock the Holidays. Spark, Rock the Holidays. It's on uh, Kickstarter right now. So that that would be a great help. Oh, yeah. Well, don't, we'll most certainly link that up on our site. And like I said, I have a strong background in theater, so anything that is theater arts, I most certainly support. Oh, man, these guys are great. They've done three or four shows already, musicals, and they've just been stellar. So definitely check out uh, that. And, and they want to get another, another uh, show together. So they're putting money together for another show. So that's exciting. great. Thank you. Thank you guys very much. Appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Uh, thank you again, Tim Russ, for stopping by. We hope to see you at a convention sometime or playing with your band. I'll be out there, man. I'll be out there. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. It was a real pleasure having the opportunity to chat with Tim Russ. For another interview, visit our friends over at GNT Show later this week for their interview with Mr. Russ. Have you discovered something in subspace chatter that you think the rest of our listeners would enjoy hearing about? Maybe there's some new amazing tech that's been created straight from the pages of Gene Roddenberry's notepad, a new discovery in space. Send them over to us to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com and you'll be submitted into our random drawing for 1,000 Zen. Well, let's check out what happened in Stow News. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. To start off Stow News, we'd like to give a huge shout out to Sargon and his team for the very successful first session of the PvP Boot Camp held on Saturday, December 29th. We've received reports that nearly 300 players showed up, which is amazing. So congratulations to Sargon and the rest of the coaches and staff over at the PvP Bootcamp. Registration is now open for round two of the bootcamp, so head on over to the Stowe forums for details on registering. Links, of course, will be in the show notes. Sweet. Yeah, I'm going to head up and hit round two. I got a lot of catch-up on Stowe to do, especially since uh, Winter Wonderland is ending, which... We'll talk a little bit more about in a little bit. This PvP initiative has been fantastic and very well received by the community. Unfortunately, I typically work on Saturday, so I wasn't able to uh, participate. But I did get that sneak peek on the PvP bootcamp. And from my experience with Sargon and, and Arion giving me a brief tutorial, I mean, it was so well organized. I can't imagine that anybody struggled with it. And even if they did, I'm sure there was somebody there that was able to help them out. And 300 people showing up is fantastic. You know, Brandflakes is, is a big proponent on PvP. He's always been a PvPer. And, you know, he'd like to see Stow PvP reach the top of the MMO charts. And like him, I think it could. It just needs some serious attention from the developers. So if we get that, if this PvP tournament works out and brings that attention to the game, you know, we might actually see some official tournaments coming out where there are big prizes. Yeah, now's a great time for people to show them what they like and what they don't like and all that because we're going to be rolling into Season 8 at some point. So they're writing down the notes, I'm sure. Well, the next one is coming up, so we will, of course, have links in the show notes for you guys to head on over and sign up. Don't forget, you get a special prize at the end of the entire boot camp. What do we got, Sorry, What else? Cue the fanfare. Star Trek Online has won the best free MMO RPG for 2012 award from MMORPG Center with 50% of the votes. It's awesome. Yeah, congrats <laughs> to the entire team at Cryptic Studios. Where was the old Republic? Uh-huh. 
<laughs> nice, man. Where was the old road? Nowhere on that. Nowhere on that. Yeah. Ooh. Well, next up is the latest guest blog, Epo Tagging. Oh, you gotta love these guest blogs. They're a great way for members of the community to shine amongst their peers. Speaking of guest blogging, you can submit yours to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Shameless plug much? In any event, Mimi wrote up a very nice article about how you can earn hundreds of Romulan marks by participating in Epo tagging on new Romulus. It's a lengthy read, but easy to digest and certainly full of great strategies. For instance, you might want to pick up a pair of those frosty boots before the winter event runs out. Why? Well, we encourage you to read the article and find out. Another incentive for you to explore new Romulus. I'm excited to kind of use these tips. And actually, I'm going to now have to pick up some frosty boots before the winter event ends. So I can get around faster frosty. to tag these epos. We want to remind everyone that the uh, Stowe Gateway, the web browser access to your tune, is still going on. So please head on over there, break it, test it out, do as much as you can with it. For more information, we will, of course, have a link to the forum post in the show notes. But the more people that test this out, the more people that try to break it, the better they'll be able to develop it. And the more we'll see features added, for instance, the DOF system, perhaps reputation system, etc., etc. So um, I'm hoping to see some really good things come out of the Stowe Gateway. Mm -hmm. You should, too. It's awesome. This is really great news. We've been waiting for a long time to be able to access our character info and everything else everything else via small items like cell phones and such so i really look forward to this becoming a solid entity <laughs> so i will be using it a lot i'd like to see some kind of ability to share and to be able to like peruse some of the stories and the you know the log files that some of the players our friends have in game through this, the gateway i think that would be a, a nice cool little fun little feature being able to check out what people have, have experienced and what their thoughts and what their story yeah well, well i we, can learn we, a lot we spoke about this a little bit when we last spoke about the gateway when it was first reintroduced yeah. and you know people were concerned about uh, because you were able to modify the url and the link for somebody else's character and although you couldn't see any private information like how much energy credits and dilithium i believe it was i forgot what it is it was some private information that you could not see uh, people were still upset about it so they are working on the ability to to opt out would be cool, but... To opt again, out, yeah, exactly. If you have some information that you want to share with your friends, I mean, being able to share that, I think, is nice. And I think that that's kind of the direction they were hoping, and it just kind of backfired. But hopefully they don't abandon it. I do like the idea of being able to share, whether it's the bio or some of the log files or whatnot. Ship builds, totally, because I can learn a lot from players on that. Absolutely. For anyone yeah. who wants to show me your ship build, I will look. The perfect Stowe gateway for me would be a combination of the Stowe Academy skill builder with the ability to also see your complete stats, like player traits, etc., etc. And then, of course, them touching up the boff layouts, because right now it's just kind of, it's all, all over the place the way the boff layout is set up when you look at the gateway. So, and of course, the DOS system and reputation system. Actually, I'd like to play the entire game on my mobile device. So if we can make that happen, Cryptic, I'd appreciate it. All right. Well, I, you know, I have a Mac. <laughs> So waiting for them to do some really nice Mac sewing would be great. But meanwhile, at least if I can access my DOFs and little things like that on my cell phone, that's super convenient, especially because I don't have access to a PC all the time. And yeah, like I said, my Mac and it's a laptop and all that. It's portable, but unfortunately, I can't get really get on the game with it. And I've looked up Stowe Mac converted variants of the game, but they don't all work right. There's glitches and weird things. So an official version of it would be great. Please, devs. But I also love PC, so thank you for everything you've done for PC, too. Okay, I'm done. 
And lastly in Stow News, there seems to have been a very special Twitter picture floating around that Brandon posted. It seems he and uh, Denise Crosby got a little bit of a photo shoot over at the Cryptic Studios. Hmm? Yeah. I wonder what she was doing I'm... there. Hmm, I don't know, but my guess is he's not the only one who saw her, which means that there's probably a very happy team over there right now. <laughs> that is really exciting. So it seems that this top secret project is, in fact, involved with Denise Crosby. So um, that's really exciting. For those of you that don't know, Denise Crosby played uh, Tasha Yar in the first season of The Next Generation. They killed her off in the episode Skin of Evil by the creature Armus that just looked like a big tar pit. And she was also killed off very quickly in the episode of Family Guy with uh, the entire team of the next generation. So, yeah. <laughs> True. Um, yeah. So, obviously, we know that that she's participating in this very top-secret project. We can only imagine it's for the new featured episode or some kind of mission series. And that's really exciting. I hope they start getting more and more. You know, we had Zachary Quinto play the EMH in the intro of the game. Leonard Nimoy, of course, and every time you visited a new sector, Chase Masterson on. So it's good to see that they're adding more and more familiar voices to the Star Trek online world. I hope they get to add more and more and more. You know, she also plays Sela, so she'll probably, well, if they got her, you know, to do some voice stuff for them, then she'll probably be doing maybe some Sela because it's kind of Romulan time right now. You know, and then Tasha Yara, that'd be great if she, we, yeah. Yeah, if we get her for well, it wouldn't be well. Tasha Yar did die, but there's a mirror that she went into the future and back, yeah. and so there's some flexibility with with that voice and what they can yeah. do with it. So I'm looking forward to what they do, and that's really exciting. Brandon, I'm, I'm envious of you, and actually the rest of the team over there at Cryptic Studios getting to meet all these stars. So keep your eyes up for more information. I'm sure there'll be an official announcement at some point. Hopefully, we'll get the scoop and maybe an interview. Maybe we'll get some of these devs on to talk about their experience. Maybe get somebody from audio in on uh, to talk about it. Okay, so that wraps up Star Trek Online news. Now it's time to reintroduce Priority One Field Notes. I'm sure there is an answer. Well, better get some facts. So you've just purchased the latest, greatest ship from the Zen Store. You've just completed Tier 5 Reputation, and you're running amazing Mark 12 consoles and Mark 12 Advanced Fleet weapons. And yet, you still feel as though you should be dealing more damage. Your accuracy? Ha! You can't shoot fish in a barrel to save your life. And Kalis forbid you try PvP. You can barely make it five meters before exploding. Well, have no fear, Captains. Priority One has put together a team of elite players that will help whip you into shape. PvP experts, ship testers, skill builders, you name it. We'll show you how to get the most from your captain, their bridge officers, your ship, and its consoles. Now, before we get started, it's important to arm yourself with the right tools. Our introduction lesson, combat parsers. What is a combat parser? Well, each time you engage in combat with an NPC or other player, you may have noticed a series of numbers scrolling above your target. Sometimes these numbers are really high, and generally that makes you feel really good because you're making a lot, you think you're doing a lot of damage. But sometimes they're really low. Unfortunately, Stowe doesn't offer a UI that readily translates this data for you to review after an engagement. That's where a combat parser comes into play. But why are we starting with this? Why not teach you how to respect your character and just give you all the information? Oh, I assure you, we'll go into that in later episodes. We could easily point out to you the Hilbert Guide and you could follow it to the letter, but what good is it if you're not verifying its output? Don't you want to see your damage when compared to other players? What are they doing that you aren't? Also, many of you have already maxed out your captains and have been rolling your tune as it is for quite some time. 
This combat parser will help you analyze how you're performing at this present time. Now, there are a few combat parsers floating around out there that are capable of interpreting STO's combat logs. But our parser of choice is Advanced Combat Tracker by EQ Attitude. This little piece of software will take the game's generated combat log of your encounter and translate it into graphs, charts, tables, playbacks, you name it. It's the ultimate tool to help you study your character and plan for its max potential. At first glance, this software can be very intimidating. There are a ton of tabs, options, menus, customizations, but for all intents and purposes, we'll be focusing on the fundamentals, damage output, and incoming damage. Now, before you go off installing software on your computer, we must state the following. The Priority One network is not responsible for any damages resulting from the installation of third-party software on your computer. Install at your own risk. Well, with that out of the way, if you've never run a combat log in STO, then the first thing we'll need to do is log into the game and create one. Once you're in game and your chat box is up, type the following. Forward slash combat log space the number one. Then hit enter. Now go find a random encounter and go fight something. Go shoot some stuff, blow it up. I'll wait. Alright, now you're done fighting. Make sure you type in the following. Forward slash combat log space the number zero. Now hit enter. Forward slash combat log one starts recording your combat, while forward slash combat log zero stops it. So for instance, if you're about to run an STF and you want to review your damage output and intake, you would type forward slash combat log space one at the start of the match, and then forward slash combat log space zero at the end. Make sure that you end the combat log, otherwise it'll just keep going. So now that you've done a combat log, you started one, you fought something, you ended it, now you'll visit advancedcombattracker.com and download the application. Next, you'll visit Hilbert Guide website for the most widely used plugin for STO combat parsing, titled V2011. This plugin contains the code that will automatically translate STO's combat log for you to read. In order to download it, right-click the hyperlink and save as. This will download the file to your default downloads location, wherever that may be, your desktop, your downloads folder, etc, etc. Now when the application first launches, go ahead and close the wizard because it won't allow you to manually select the custom plugin. So it really just gets in the way, it doesn't make it easier to set it up. Once you close it, select the plugin tab and browse for the file you downloaded from the Hilbert Guide website. Again, if you did it correctly, it should be in your default downloads directory. Once you've selected the file, click Add Enable Plugin, and then make sure the Enabled box has been checked. Your next step is to point ACT, Advanced Combat Tracker, to your STO combat log. To do this, click on the Options tab, and under Miscellaneous, you'll see the Log File box and a button to Open Log. The location of the directory is going to be different for many people. Ultimately, you want to find the directory, Star Trek Online, forward slash live, forward slash logs, forward slash game client, forward slash combat log dot log. Typically this will be in your C drive under program files or program files x86. Once it's been located, let's take a look at that little battle we did prior to downloading ACT. Click the import export tab and select the radio buttons for the beginning of file and end of file. Then click select file. 
It should automatically default to the combat log directory you set earlier. Now click open. Then select your character name as the point of view. Now click back to the main tab and you'll see import zone with the timestamp of your combat session. Now go ahead and expand the trees, explore through all those little tabs and titles there. And for instance, if you expand all, you'll see your name and the pet name if you fought an NPC. If I select my name or your name, for instance, a chart will appear with an overall view of my performance, including type, damage, encounter DPS, my average damage, minimum hit, maximum hit, and then hit versus swing, which the difference is going to tell you how often you missed your target, and etc, etc. As you expand the branches, you can click outgoing damage to view how much damage each of your weapons outputted in the same layout as your overview. Generally, one of the biggest takeaways from this, for me, was that I miss a whole lot. So I can't shoot fish in a barrel. So I'll need to find modifiers in-game to help improve my ship's accuracy. Perhaps invest in a more relevant skill like starship targeting systems. Or find weapons with accuracy modifiers. To join me in further explanations of ACT is Pug01, a member of Priority One's Advanced Technologies Division. So let's get right into it. This segment is really designed for stupid people like me that like to play MMOs, but it escapes them, the math behind the MMO. <laughs> so yeah. I will ask a lot of rudimentary questions. So when you're fighting in the game and you're shooting at a target, typically two numbers will show up. You have a, like a grayed out number and then you've got the bright yellow. So what are those two numbers? The bright yellow is yours okay. and the gray one is a summation of multiple things, but generally it's other people's damage. But just to let you know, you might not see all of it because it has to sort of, in a way, truncate some of that information. Just to give you an idea, like my dual heavy cannons can average on a rapid fire 6.7 hits per second, right? If there's three or four people doing that, and on top of it, it's a scatter volley, suddenly you're looking at you know, almost 50 lines per second that has to be displayed. So you've modified the plugin? I modified it a little bit uh, for a reason, and I'll demonstrate it to you. I would say the unmodified version is perfect for anybody that's interested in finding out what they need to do. The Hilbert Guide has two of them. It has version 10.11 and 10.50. You're using the 2011? Yeah, the 2011, with how it runs, it actually does a lot of nice things for you. It really helps you get certain things done. One thing that I like about the Hilbert's version is that it's capable of looking back to figure out where the shield damage came from. The combat logs are a little bit difficult, and you might even see it in your regular combat log, right, in-game. You'll see a shield damage, but you don't know who did the shield damage. So the shield damage isn't always assigned to who the source of the shield damage is. And that becomes really problematic because you still want to know, am I doing anything to the shields or nothing to the shields so this version i like it personally because it does have a way of going back and trying to match up the shield damage with the damage that was done and it's pretty good with that it's pretty accurate and gets it done so i'll show you a little bit of the combat log portion stuff that you might want to use and look at first of all if we go to options here right in general this is a value here that's really useful to tweak things out this is how many seconds it will take before uh, we'll assign a next encounter. So it'll look, if there's been 10 seconds since there's been any activity, it'll immediately start a new encounter. 
Now, if you're looking at like a SDF or anything like that, you sometimes have those events where you're not doing any damage for like 30 seconds. You're waiting for a cutscene or you're waiting for something else. And this will quite often start a new encounter for you. And so you might want to bump this value up to like 120 because usually when you're done with an SDF, it takes you a minute or two minutes before you get into the next one. When it comes to testing, it helps to have this number really low so that you can do something, stop only for 10 seconds, and then do something again. So what's important to us is outgoing damage. That's something that's useful. And it's always sorted with all damage that was done. Here we can see the average hit that was done. And then your crit chance. Now, in this version, the crit chance here in the back that we need to just pay attention to, it's a little bit off by one or two percentages, okay? And the reason why is that when you calculate the shield damage in, it doesn't show you that the shield hit was critted. So the crit chance seems it will drift by two, you know, one to two percentages in this version. But it's still accurate if you're comparing one gun to another gun. Let me show you one other thing that is a very useful feature here. This is a play log. It shows you focus fire. So what I can do is I can view and counter and I can play it. Now I can see the people participating in it as it's playing it. See who's shooting at who. And then I can see if there was focused fire. So sometimes this helps you to see that, okay, people were shooting at pets intensely. But this is a bit of a wild match. It wasn't quite coordinated. But there was a focus fire on Ren. And this can be very useful in identifying if people are just shooting wild or are people focusing or are they working together. So that sometimes is a nice overview. The other one that's really nice about it is this timeline. I like this one personally. So now you can see, for example, this person, the incoming damage coming in, and then the death occurs right at that end when that damage spikes up. It can give you an idea of what your outline is of how things are happening during the whole encounter. If you're doing an SDF, for example, you can see, okay, am I outputting as much as anybody else? Because these are all relative. So this is a nice place to to get an idea of, okay, who is the guy spiking a lot of damage in an overview fashion? All right. So then for the average user, the initial setup, it's really about first you install it, of course, then yeah. plugins. Yes. Then browse the plugin and yeah. load it up. And then boom, your plugin yeah. is installed. Then in options, really mess around with the graphs if you want to just keep the outgoing damage like you just did. Yeah. Awesome. That's really cool. I'm going to go in now into the game and play with this and see what I find. I'm really looking forward to more of this kind of stuff, and I think our listeners are really going to enjoy it. Thank you so much, man. I won't keep you any longer. Thanks again. Captains, that concludes the first installment of Priority One Field Notes. A very special thanks to the newly formed Priority One Advanced Technology Division for all their hard work and commitment to this project. Be sure to visit our YouTube channel for this tutorial's video companion. That's youtube.com forward slash STO Priority One. If you have any suggestions or ideas on how we can better improve this segment, please send them to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. This comes into us from the Star Trek Online forums from Sean Newboy. Just wanted to say to the content team, very well done on the Winter Wonderland expansion. You guys really did a superb job on it. From episode 109, our supplemental interview with Jesse Heinig, staff content designer. Hmm. So I'm not the only one who has these flickering backgrounds and weird black spots on the suns. Good to know. Maybe one day they'll get around to fixing that. 
Yeah, there are bugs in the game, but still very good. Thank you for the feedback. Glad you listened. Oh, we got some feedback from PriorityOnePodcast.com. This one comes in for episode 109 from Yuchen. Streamlining the healing, repairing UI is all nice and well, but I miss the days when people can heal, repair other players. A few hundred EC is a small price to pay for the opportunity to wag my finger at an underprepared hugs. So we got the next one from Hayden Jones. There was a mention of the Hilbert Guide. Was this just for key bindings or does it cover space ground tactics? The Hilbert Guide is actually, it's really the fundamental guide for most PvPers. People generally start here so that, as Hilbert writes in his website, so you can stop being a liability for your side in a PvP match. It's for ships right now from what I see on the website. It breaks it down for you by escort, cruiser, and it gives you a suggested skill build, right, for your captain. So where you should allocate your points on your skills, as well as what weapons and bridge officers you should run to be an effective PvPer. Again, it's a foundational resource. I know that the PvP bootcamp uses it as homework for people that are, you know, the first thing you're supposed to do before the PvP bootcamp is read the Hilbert Guide. I've used it. I found it to be quite helpful and quite easy to read. At some point during our field notes, we will get to it and review it and discuss it in, in much further detail. Find that over at hilbertguide.com. The link will, of course, be in the show notes, but it is the hilbertguide.com. You can do a quick Google search for it, Hilbert Guide and STO, and you'll find it pretty quickly. Very cool. All right. Thanks for that tidbit. That's really good. We got feedback from Sean Newboy about episode 109, The Supplemental, who says, entertaining as always. <laughs> awesome. And Havraha, who says, I enjoyed listening to this, which is very cool. Thank you, guys. For Twitter, we'd like to thank everyone who retweeted us, and also to our latest followers, cam to go Scoob's Chris RL, Dr. Trekkie, Ersk Ruck, and Noel J. Holmes. Thank you. Our last one comes to us via email from Sean Newboy. And thanks to everyone who uh, wished us happy holidays on Twitter, Facebook, our individual accounts via email. Happy holidays to all. Great episode, everyone. Thank you, Sean. And thank you, everyone else. Don't forget, you can send your feedback to us at incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. We do have a website, guys, too. PriorityOnePodcast.com. You can check us out there, too. <coughs> excuse me. Excuse me, Federation Patak. How dare you? Forget the winner, the honorable winner of 1,000 Zen for the month of December. <laughs> Congratulations, Tawani. You are the winner of 1,000 Zen, part of our random drawing here at Priority One Podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> now back to you, Federation. Well, that wraps up episode 110, broadcasted live from trekradio.net. Remember that we're on air every Thursday night at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. We've been getting some amazing feedback, and we play much better to a live audience. You'll have fun. We're looking for your suggestions and ideas for our weekly Trek It Out, field notes, and general show improvements and additions. You can submit your questions and ideas on Priority One's website or via email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Or you can catch us on Facebook or Twitter. That's right. We're on Facebook. Head over to Facebook.com slash PriorityOnePodcast and say hi. Or check us out on Twitter via, via Stow Priority One or Showtimes and other cool stuff. 
To have your Foundry missions featured on the show, send in the name of your mission, a brief description, and your at handle to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com or use our online submission form at our website, www.PriorityOnePodcast.com. We've shifted our Foundry reviews to a video format. We'll be playing through the mission with its author and posting them to YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash priority one We have a number of our videos already up, so go on over and check them out. Tell us what you think. Head on over to PriorityOnePodcast.com, and please, we encourage you to hit the donate button if you enjoy the broadcast. Or if you're an Amazon shopper, take a look at our Amazon affiliate store right on the sidebar of the website, and support the show while you shop. We want to thank everyone who has already donated via the uh, button or by using our Amazon affiliate link. We also have awesome little browser extensions that are free to download and are 100% safe. We do not record any personal information. Thank you, Lennon, our audio engineer and general Priority One crew member extraordinaire for uh, working on both the website, those extensions, and the audio. This guy's a real jack-of-all-trades, and he put that together for us. So if you're going to do some shopping online at Amazon, go ahead and download that extension. Any of the purchases you make, a small percentage of that will go to Priority One Podcast. Again, we don't collect any personal information from that. We just know that somebody made a purchase, and we get a small percentage. And that helps with the servers. That helps with some software. But generally servers and maintenance, you know, none of it goes back into our pockets. So we encourage you to donate if you love our podcast and you want to support us. Yeah. We'd like to thank the entire team at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Our executive producer, Elliot Tan. Our production assistant and art director, Alex Calderwood. Our audio engineer, Lennon Rich. And the composer of our theme music, Chris Watt. Special thanks to our sponsor, Sayulita.com. Our syndication partners, Subspace Radio, Trek Radio, and the Trek Radio Live crew. And of course, the Stowe community. Without you, none of this would be possible. Special thanks to Sori for uh, filling in for James this week. Thank you very much for joining us. We always love having you. Thank you. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage. Engage. Monday morning for download on priority whoops, on priority one podcast.com and stone news will recap the holiday festivities and um in stone news will recap the holiday festivities for our first episode of the new year yeah this first fired yeah fired right <laughs> to help sweeten the deal grand flakes will ship out each of the winners to another country wait no that's not right cue the fanfare star trek online has won the best free MMO, oh, MMO RPG for 2012 award from Ooh. MMO RPG Center with 50% of the votes. Congratulations to the entire team. I'm sorry. It's awesome. 
Yeah, congrats <laughs> to the entire team at Cryptic Studios for the smoking free MMO competition. <laughs> Oh, it's weird coming out of my mouth. Smoking the free MMO competition. <laughs> but smoking free is great too. I love that. Smoking that's that is free. the definite best read of the night. Yes. <laughs> I'm having an off off evening. Oh it, man. Yeah. Okay. It's smoke free. It it pretty it, it it does a good job being smoke free. It's true. <laughs> so let me try that line one more time. Congrats to the entire team at Cryptic Studios for for the smoking, I don't no, know no, what I'm smoking saying. Free. <laughs> for smoking the free MMO competition. Now it sounds yeah, like someone's rolling it, up try, an MMO yeah, and it. smoking it. <laughs> I know, I know. Yo. Even, even the right let's way roll... is messing with my head now. <laughs> you know what? Actually, <coughs> let's roll up that old republic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the coughs are beautiful now. Yes. Yes. Let's oh, roll goodness. up that old. Where was the old republic for that? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? What? Oh my goodness! All right. I'm sorry. Can you read that one one more Sto- time? <laughs> Stowe is, is definitely a, a cut above the rest. I will say that much. Uh, so oh, read yes. the smoking line one more time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, congrats. <laughs> congrats to the congrats to the entire team at Cryptic Studios for. For smoking the... Oh, man. <laughs> yo, like Tony man, says, yo, let's just burn... Let's, let's just burn an old MMO. rep, yo. Let's burn an old rep, they're, yo. They're let's passing out the free MMO like it ain't nothing. You just roll that up and smoke uh, it. Oh. Just, right, yeah, mm-hmm, I'm having mm-hmm. just technical difficulties. If you're gonna smoke something, kids, make sure it's free MMO. <laughs> what she said. Well done, well done, well done saving that. Yes. Uh, all right. I think we can move on. Yeah, right? All right. Yeah. If you can do that, congrats one more time. <laughs> congrats. God. Congrats to the entire team at Cryptic Studios for smoking the free MMO competition. Cough, Woo-hoo! cough. <coughs> Where was the old Republic? <coughs> uh huh. <laughs> nice, nice. I nice. got through uh-huh. it. You nice. did. Woo. To the fair right. Where again. was the old republic, man? Where was the old? Re- nowhere on that. Nowhere on that. Yeah. Ooh. 